Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Jeff Wiggins, Rebel HQ contributor, host of We Gonna Be I. Always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, former President Donald Trump wants to make himself a dangerous, murderous cult leader. That is exactly the message he is sending with his upcoming rally, which in a way honors another known domestic terrorist. Let me take you to the video, here it is. Koresh came back, he told Robert, he said, they're coming for me, ATF and the National Guard. They got me once, but they'll never get me again. He shook Robert's hand and said, good luck. So he went back to the ATF commanders and said they know we're coming, but they didn't listen to him. I told him what happened inside the compound. I advised him that Koresh knew. I advised all the people in the undercover house. They know, they know we're coming. As long as I live, I remember those words. I don't think a lot of those agents wanted to go through with it. I followed orders, I got ready and I went. One of the biggest mistakes I made was not just stopping there and saying, look, we can't go. We've lost the element of surprise. We gotta call this raid off. They got to a point of no return. David Koresh knows you're coming. This is going to be a bloodbath. That's right, Donald Trump honoring David Koresh. Let's go to it as Donald Trump continues his recently launched campaign for the 2024 presidential election. His next stop is raising the eyebrows of some experts who say it's a deliberate message to the far right. Trump plans to hold a rally this Saturday in the city of Waco, Texas on the anniversary of the infamous ATF siege that ended in the fiery deaths of cult leader David Koresh and over 80 of his followers, including 25 children. There's more. The event has been a rallying point for many in the far right anti-government movement, including Timothy McVeigh, who carried out the bombing of the Alfred P. Merle Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma City. This was 1995. Which caused the deaths of 198 people, including 19 children. Waco has also been the catalyst for a wave of anti-government conspiracy theories since then. It is central to many pro-Second Amendment advocates. Since the ATF initially carried out a raid on Koresh's compound, accusing him and his group of stockpiling illegal weapons. Here's a quote, Waco is hugely symbolic on the far right. Said Heidi Berich, co-founder of the Global Project Against Hate and Extremism. There's not really another place in the US that you could pick that would tap into these deep veins of anti-government hatred, Christian nationalist skepticism of the government. And I find it hard to believe that Trump doesn't know what Waco represents all of these things. Who was David Koresh? David Koresh was an American cult leader, an American cult leader. This American cult leader who played a central role in the Waco 1993 
massacre. As the head of the Branch Davidians, a religious sect and offshoot of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventists, Koresh claimed to be its final prophet. His apocalyptic biblical teaching, including interpretations of the book of Revelation, and the seven seals, attracted various followers. Donald Trump is now going to stand in the spirit, in the essence of that evil dynamic that took place in these United States of America, where human beings, people, men, women, and children were misled by one person, not for the sake of some overwhelming good, but for the sake of an overwhelming evil, selfishness, power, and nothing more. Make no mistake about it. There are those on the right who will try to spin this and tell you it is not what it looks like. Don't believe your lying eyes. Let me be quite clear. At this point, those who support Trump, if you continue to support Trump, even after this move, you are supporting a self-proclaimed cult leader. All right, my dear brother, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, he's been a cult leader for a while, so I'm glad he's actually aligning himself along the side of this thing. Um, Deputy Director for Data Analytics at the Southern Poverty Law Center, Megan Squire said this. I can't even fathom what that's about other than just a complete dog whistle. Actually, forget dog whistle. That is just a train whistle to the folks who still remember that event and are still mad about it. I was a little boy when this news story came out. I didn't understand fully what I was watching. And honestly, I may not fully understand it now, but Trump does. He knows exactly what's going on and exactly, again, what he's lining himself alongside of. There's no other reason for them to go there at that time in Waco during April than to do what you said he was gonna do, to become a cult leader. That's that's who he has been since 2016, that's who he'll continue to be. And he's just making it known and clear from moving forward. Yeah, um, let's um, let's see how this develops. Very sad day, very sad former president. Four cops have now been charged in a crash. Let me first put up their mug shots. And then I'm going to show you the crash in just a moment. Four Honolulu police officers have been charged with felonies in connection with a 2021 car crash that left six people injured. HPD officers Joshua Nahulu, Eric Smith, Jake Bartolemi, and Robert Lewis are all facing felony charges. On September 2021, the officers were dispatched to a noise complaint. While en route, a white Honda sedan exited a parking lot onto a local highway, which they allegedly followed in an unannounced pursuit. Let me go to the crash. Now, Hulu was reportedly the lead car when the Honda lost control and crashed onto private property. This was around 3.45 AM. Six people were injured in the crash, some critically. All patients were men between the ages 
of 15 and 30. So afterwards, Nahulu Smith and Bartolome allegedly drove past the crash scene a short time after all four officers were dispatched to the crash scene, where they allegedly acted as if, hey, we don't know what happened. Investigators say Smith, Bartolome, and Lewis then submitted reports that left out the events preceding the collision. That's called cover up. Details of the charges of the officers. Nahulu is charged with collisions involving death or serious bodily injury. That's according to the Honolulu County Prosecuting Attorney's Office. The charge is a class B felony punishable up to 10 years in prison. Smith, Bartolome, and Lewis were charged with hindering prosecution in the first degree. That charge is a class C felony punishable up to five years in prison. Smith and Bartolome and Lewis were all also charged with conspiracy to commit hindering prosecution. The first degree, that is a misdemeanor punishable by up to a year in jail. Um, so what do we have here? We have officers who are willing to engage in massive cover up because of their own incompetence. That is now a criminal issue because covering up uh, a crime or covering up something that should be reported or lying on official documents is always illegal. Rarely are cops prosecuted for it. They will lie on police reports without penalty. They will misrepresent the truth even inside of a court. Did you know that police reports are not allowed to be used typically inside of a courtroom for evidence? There are some exceptions to that, but 99% of the time it is a no. You know, if officers were dogmatically honest, that may be a different standard inside of courts, but it is not. It is actually good to see cops being held accountable to their actions. I'm glad nobody died in the negligence and gross misconduct of these cops. How do you see this, dear brother? So they were dispatched to a noise complaint, and whatever led to them, uh, the suspects fleeing, I'm confused about how these four officers were either serving the public or, I don't know, protecting anyone. What were they gonna protect them from? A noise complaint, some loud banging, whatever the case was. When they drove past these individuals who were hurt after the car wreck that they were involved in, it shows that they weren't protecting or serving or doing anything to the betterment of the community and that neighborhood. It proves itself, hopefully justice will be served here. But again, what were they doing? Like that didn't help anyone at all whatsoever in that community. Nobody, all right? It helped no one. Uh, we will follow this because it is a different type of prosecution given how it happened. Exclusive update. Remember the cops we reported on based on whistleblowers inside of a police department who said these officers were allowed to cheat based on their proclamation to us. Well, we got more insight. Uh, so police in Riverdale, Georgia allege their supervisors in their department were caught cheating, caught cheating on their licensing exams, all right? Uh, yet no one was punished. Now you may say, why is this even important? It's important. 
because the examination dealt with officers and their understanding of particular codes. Codes that are told to them by 911, codes that are told to them by individual officers. These codes are important, it's the difference between life and death, literally. You can say something, misinterpret it, and all of a sudden, you think a gun is necessary when the only thing that was necessary was simply a vehicle, a transport. All right. Now, here's a 911 call. The Riverdale police whistleblower says, proved, proved the 911 operator, Lisa Jones, was actually at the police station when she should have been off. Around 2 a.m. June 14th, 2018. This is imperative to the story. I'm going somewhere. Here it is. Riverdale, please some fire. Hey, this is Chelsea. I'm a social worker at Grady Hospital. Uh huh. Um, hey, I'm calling because we had a patient that was brought in from. Okay. Um, for a bicycle versus auto, and he's unknown. I was trying to follow up and see if you guys maybe had any identifying information on him. Uh, let me check. Hang on just a second. I want you to remember that call. I want you to put it in the back of your mind just for a moment. Put it on a shelf. We're going to bring it back out. All right? Put up the officers. You're looking at Captain Kirby Threat and Lieutenant Vishna Shreen. Whistleblowers say the pair led a 911 dispatcher, Lisa Jones, into the department to take a police certification exam for them on June 14th, 2018. We received that 911 call you just heard on June 14th, from June 14th, 2018. According to multiple members of that police department, it is in fact Miss Lisa Jones. There's more. The exam gives officers the authority to run driver's license registrations and license plates, uh, plate checks. If you fail, you cannot look up suspect information. Here are two screen captures confirming the two officers took the test on that same date, June 14, 2018. You see it? It's right on the Georgia Bureau of Investigations website. All right? Another screen capture we previously reported shows Shring logged in with Threat's email. Captain Threat, who now oversees the department's internal affairs, allegedly struggled with the test because he has difficulty reading. The Riverdale Department Information Technology Manager, Adrian Campbell, confirmed to someone in the department he saw video of the 911 dispatcher admitted into the offices at about two o'clock. In the morning, we have the record from the anonymous source right there. Indisputable reached out by email with the evidence provided to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Director Nellie Miles said the Bureau considers the matter closed. Let's go to the quote. In November 2020, the GBI's Georgia Crime Information Center, GCIC, received an anonymous complaint that two Riverdale Police Department employees had fraudulently completed the CJIS network operator training by allowing another employee to complete the training. 
GCIC treated this as a possible security violation and conducted a review. She continued, the GBI and the Riverdale Police Department were unable to substantiate the allegation since they were made anonymously. Furthermore, GCIC could not determine whether any cheating or fraudulent activity occurred. The GBI also shared an email from Spivey responding to their investigation saying, I have attempted to corroborate the anonymous complaint by gathering any available evidence. Current officers in the Riverdale department agreed that the cheating scandal is an open secret in the department. One anonymous police source told indisputable and I quote, the issue is this, they won't go forward without the whistleblower. So they can find the whistleblower and annihilate the whistleblower. Imagine if a murder was like that, someone anonymous, person calls and says there's a dead body down the street. What if I as a cop said, I can't look into this because you won't tell me who you are. Let me be very clear here. We are supporting the police because the police are the ones who contacted us. The police are the ones who provided the guidance to us. The police are the whistleblowers in this story. I am supporting the police, good decent police. There's more following the incident. Spivey, the chief of Riverdale changed department policy to require an agency coordinator be present to proctor all examinations. Indisputable, received an employment record for dispatcher Lisa Jones that states she was fired four days after the alleged cheating incident that all of the investigators say, no, oh, that never happened. It states employment status terminated. We also received a response to a request from the city of Riverdale that states no record of an internal investigation exists for June 2018. So this record indicates Spivey never conducted an investigation. That is what this record indicates. It says, thank you. It says, good morning, thank you for your request. There is no internal affairs file related to an investigation of cheating in June 2018. It said black and white, put up the pictures of the so-called leaders of Riverdale, Georgia. Chief Todd Spivey and Mayor Evelyn Dixon. Representatives of the city and the police department did not respond to Indisputable's request for comment. Now, we've been here before, Madam Mayor, Chief. You realize I'm not fishing for stories in your department. Those stories are coming to us from inside of your department. Obviously, they believe you are a feckless leader. And you have no ability to actually lead with integrity or morality. I'm not saying these words, they are. All right, my dear brother, thoughts here. 
The original reporting on this show is so dope. And it's a testament to the work that the producers and the investigators yes. who work on this show put in. Cops, individuals came to y'all specifically for the reason of exposing this and doing a good job of putting it out there for everybody to know. With that said, when you did the story before, I wanna also add this that, and again, you said this previously, if the officer in question, at least one of them had issues with reading, any accommodations made to help with that should be made. With that being said, with yep. this incident, it's easy for us to draw a line between something like this going on and then somebody getting hurt or injured along the way because of negligence. And that is ugly beyond the belief. So hopefully an actual investigation will come from this or I don't know, justice or consequences will come so nobody can get hurt in the future or somebody's job isn't putting somebody in danger. So there good go. work out of this show. And let me say this, if the person has challenges reading, they should support you, sir. They should have supported you. They should have assisted you. But you have to say this, brother. If you or somebody in your family needs a lawyer, you want a lawyer that knows what? The law. If if you or somebody in your family needs a doctor, you want a doctor that knows medical procedure. If somebody needs a cop, sir, they need a cop that at least understands the rules, regulations, and laws that are being enforced. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me remind everybody whenever you miss Indisputable Live, it's okay, your day is not ruined. You can always catch the show full episodes by checking out our podcast. I want you to listen to Indisputable on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Also, it'd be great if you could rate us with five stars. I thank you in advance. We've got a lot of comments. I'll read as many as I'm able to. Mickey C, the silver haired dragon, says Trump also honored the Bundys for fighting back against federal agents, holding them off for weeks by firing on them. Yeah, he doesn't pay his taxes. He's adversarial to POWs that serve this country. He's pro ripping up the Constitution, killing a vice president of the United States, getting a foreign leader to investigate an American citizen. There is nothing pro American about this cat at all. All right, Mo Fury, cops don't have a responsibility to know the laws they are enforcing, nor do legislators have to know the laws they are writing. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. <laughs> right, Mom, made money in the building. Thank you for that, made money. TDR mentioned missing school. I wanted to let y'all know that Berkeley College has free classes for all. I've been taking creative writing classes for years for my novel and poetry. I love it. Thank you for saying that. And let me go ahead and offer a tidbit to everybody. Um, for what 12 plus years, I've taken uh, taken physics at MIT. Yep, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. They have a free program. It's called Open Courseware, full university classes at no charge. Those classes are so dope that I enrolled in a master's program for physics and quantum mechanics, and I recently finished that master's degree. Very good program. Free education, all right? Free education. Okay, uh, Reese, 
trouble reading, you should not be a cop. If you can hardly read, then you certainly can't comprehend the nuances of laws. You know, it becomes a dangerous situation, uh, truly. All right, and let's go to Twitch. All right, uh, Fascist Killer says, this is reminiscent of Ronald Reagan. To Ronald Reagan uh, going to Jessup County, Mississippi to begin his presidency, but he was the governor of California. Mm. May, may actually be a little worse. Okay, all right, that's something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're gonna feel free! Back off! I'm an African-American man threatening my life. Come on, bro, I'm ready! Let's go right now! You don't have to fight! You don't think you don't have to fight! You can do all that, just don't talk to me, bro. Let's go right now! I'm ready, bro, let's go! You don't know who the you're dealing with, bro! You don't know who you're dealing with! I protect this story at night! People try to rob us and I stop them! As my father would say, he wouldn't bust the soft side of a grape. All right, uh, let's go ahead and put it up. Uh, this this particular uh, male Karen um, obviously is a remarkable martial artist. Some speculate that he actually studied martial arts <laughs> under masters <laughs> like Doug Duggard. <laughs> And Sweet Tooth Jones. I saw some Sweet Tooth Jones coming out of that segment. Okay, all of this training to prepare against his number one rival. There it is. <laughs> this is serious business. That's that's what he does at the store at nighttime. Jeff, why are you laughing, sir? I Have you studied on the Sweet Tooth Jones, sir? No, I apologize for distracting you. I just you you said I saw some sweet two Jones coming out of him, and I thought to myself, well, you didn't see his leg go beyond his waist because like, <laughs> like you, you gonna kick me in the mid thigh, homie? Like what are you gonna do, man? Um, so I apologize. I in just the mid um, <laughs> oh gosh, um, all right, that was funnier than I thought it was gonna be. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> all right, believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not, double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. No, no, no. He will. Show I will hit you. <laughs> he would never. A minor? On any girl. Dude, any walk, woman. Walk, 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 You're a girl. Walk, You're walk a Away. Yes. And yes, a girl, not a woman or anything. Yeah. Okay. Showing your ass, he complimented it. Get the f over it. Don't okay. want someone to compliment yeah. it. Don't yeah. say anything. Don't wear that slutty ass outfit. Call her a slut one more time. She didn't slut. do. Slutty she can wear what slut. she wants. Her outfit. You literally look like a crack ass. Shut the. F up. What is wrong with you? Don't hit on women that are minors. You. What the f is wrong with people? Why are they so heated? They're literally on crack. Hannah. I mean, that assessment may be accurate. Let's put up the picture, full mass here. Let me get this correct. So the gentleman, if we can call him that, he decides to compliment 
I guess the rear end of a minor. And in doing so, obviously they checked him for this perverted act that is a child. And in his defense is this woman, this young lady, who clearly knows they are children because she says it. And then gets upset at them for being upset at the person who perved on a minor. Typical Karenicity. Now, it seems as if they probably come from a long line of Karen. Possibly, I do not have additional information, but I am seeking it. So if you know who they are, let us know it indisputable. Dear brother, thoughts here. Yeah, I'm gonna try my attempt at sarcasm right here. But Dr. Rishi, we just learned something. If you don't want somebody to comment on your body parts, don't have those body parts. It's mm. as simple as that. Like, just don't, hey, like you have a butt, don't have a butt. So therefore, my boyfriend can't comment on it. Simple, easy stuff from this long line of Karens. I think a Karen of a certain age, above 50 is a Susan, maybe. I forgot the lineage, but we've learned something here. Yeah, they're all Karens in my book. Male yeah. Karens, Karens, Karenicity. We yeah. keep it Karen over here. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Always good to opine, all right? Um, before I do that, remember after you watch Unbossed with Nina Turner, I want you to stay tuned for the watch list with the big homie, Jared Jackson. Shares the takes on stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Subscribe to the watch list and watch live daily, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time, youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Also, Unbossed, check out Unbossed with Nina Turner to learn how the people can take back control of democracy from the corrupt forces of government and media. Find clips of Unbossed by scanning the QR code or going to youtube.com forward slash Unbossed TYT. A lot of comments, we'll read as many as I can. All right. Uh, Democracy for Sale says, I really wish weirdos like these people would just understand that it's not okay to sexualize strangers. Mm. Lynn, wow. You know that female Karen thinks women who get raped deserve it because of what they're wearing. Sick. That's exactly the sentiment that both of them had. All right. It's very sad. That's called rape culture in America. All right. Mo Fury, nobody told me that. <laughs> Nobody told me that Sweet Tooth Jones had a cousin from Alabama. No Tooth Jones. <laughs> Y'all so wrong, man. <laughs> to the male Karen, uh, Pink Honey says, bruh, sit down. <laughs> um, Lord Harambe says, I was not ready for this energy. I need some coffee. Great value. Nick Cage is wilding. <laughs> Brenda Robinson, welcome to Antica. Thank you for being supportive. Uh, progressive Canuck, aka Maple Syrup Dragon, member for nine months. That is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, says, hey, Doc, you rock. Guess what? We rock. All right? Me and you. Okay. Florida cops repeatedly punch a man during a violent arrest. We have the video. Here it is. Why y'all doing this? Why y'all grabbing me? 
Stop hitting them so Stop it. Hey. Don't worry, I got it on record. I'm in. Yes, sir. God damn. Y'all tasing them in on. God damn. He don't have no cut. Move. Move back. Get on the Taste them, dude. No, no. Don't taste Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Why you hey, hitting Why you keep hitting them? Hitting you. God damn. Why you hitting them? You Stop hitting them. Oh, Stop hitting him. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. He's on the ground, y'all. Oh. Ah, that's my mom. Put up the picture. The violent encounter between 30 year old Natra Jones and Jacksonville, Florida cops during a traffic stop was captured on that witness's cell phone. We also have body cam footage that was released recently. According to News for Jax, it happened Monday, March 13th, in a parking lot off Kings Road in the Newtown area. Jones was charged with resisting arrest and possession of cocaine and drug paraphernalia. He has since been released from jail. I'm going to give you details from the witness footage. Approximately 46 seconds into the video, one officer appears to be holding Jones from behind, while another officer has him in a headlock and delivers two uppercut blows to his face. He eventually goes down, and then we hear him being stun gunned. Here are two other angles from the body cams, and the moment an officer can be heard saying, he sees a gun. Here it is. Put your, put yeah. your hand behind your back. Yeah, there's this. Buddy, buddy. Jensen, relax. Bro, you're about to get jumped on the ground. Stop, or I'm going to put you on the ground. Stop, or I'm going to put you on the ground. Stop, or I'm going to put you on the ground. You're going to get. Watch out, watch out. Hey man, put your hands behind your back and get tased. Put your hands behind your back and get tased. Get on the ground. Tase them, dude. No, no. Don't tase Wait, 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 wait. Get on the ground. He ain't hitting you. Why are you hitting Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Put your hands behind your back. There was never a gun, no gun existed. Remember, we've had police officers tell us at Indisputable, they are trained to say he has a gun or to yell the word gun. 
when they want to justify killing somebody. You know why? Because the law allows it. The law allows a cop to engage in gross negligence without criminal penalty. No firearms were recovered. Let's put up the security expert. So security expert and former JSO officer, his name is James Brown, reviewed the witness footage and told the local news in part, and I quote, it's very dangerous because you got an individual's head, the carotid artery, the neck, a lot of things can go wrong. He also added that when you have multiple officers on scene, there should be a coordinated effort to detain a suspect to avoid the appearance of police brutality. Put up the sheriff, TK Waters. He's the guy in charge, buck stops with him. A statement with the body cam footage from the sheriff's office released last Wednesday read in part, the sheriff, senior staff members and members of the professional oversight unit have reviewed the available reports and body worn camera footage associated with this incident. Based on this thorough examination, this administration has concluded that the officers involved did not violate Florida law or Jacksonville Sheriff's Office policy by their actions. Way to go, Sheriff. You investigated you and you found that you did nothing wrong. That's the way to make sure communities trust the police. All right, this is why we need effective policy, legislative uniform standards for policing in this country. The George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act. And we need common sense leaders who are able to do what's necessary to make sure order is maintained. Sheriff, why did you not call in an independent third party investigation? Why not have multiple investigations? It's allowable. Most jurisdictions, especially large ones, they do some sort of third party investigation. If you know your officers were completely within the parameters of law, you would invite any law enforcement agency to investigate so that you all can sing as a chorus rather than what you're doing now being a soloist. All right, Jeff, thoughts here. Well, yeah, you mentioned early earlier about the plausible deniability of saying gun when in fact there is no gun or stop resisting when someone's yep. not actually resisting in order for, I mean, lower level brutality or deadly brutality to exist. And if the sheriff's office said the officers involved did not violate state laws or policies, it's clearly, along with, uh, clearly something's wrong with the state laws or yeah. policies. Those definitely need to be changed. And just one more thing. Um, when I was reading about this in the article, it said that he was resisting arrest. And that's just another weird cycle of how I wanted to know why he was being arrested. And it has led me back to resisting arrest. Like, what was he initially being arrested for? And of course, the article outlined that he had a criminal past or history, as if that justifies, whether they did so intentionally or not, justifies his poor or mistreatment by police officers. So, bad all the way around. Yep. A privileged young person pushes a wheelchair down the stairs. And the person who needs it, by the way, doesn't have legs, is left holding the financial bag and everything else. We want to help change that. Here's the video. 
So you will see the chatter. They're communicating among themselves. Basically, seemingly normal right now until that happened. Why? Obviously, there's somebody there who needs it. You just push a wheelchair down steps. What is wrong with you? Put up the picture. Let's go ahead and give you background, context, and everything else associated with this story. Carson Breer, the son of Philadelphia Flyers interim general manager, Danny Breer, and a junior hockey player at Mercy Hearst University. They have now been charged with three misdemeanors. This follows after a video of him and other Mercyhurst University athletes pushing a woman's unoccupied wheelchair down the stairs of a local bar. It went viral. Charges brought against Briere from from the from the Erie, Pennsylvania police included criminal mischief, criminal conspiracy to commit mischief, and disorderly conduct. Let's go to Patrick. Patrick Harazi. A senior lacrosse player at Mercyhurst University also faces the same three charges. Briere and Carosi are seen in a surveillance video at the top of the staircase of a local bar, where they push the wheelchair down the steps. This happened on March 11th. Police say their actions pose a potential danger to anyone coming up the stairs. That's correct. While also creating a hazardous condition by blocking the staircase. The wheelchair's owner, identified as Sidney Beans, filed a complaint saying the fall down the stairs damaged the left brake handle, broke the right armrest plastic molding, bent a rear handle and caused the wheels to drag when moving forward. She said the wheelchair was purchased a year ago costing about $2,000. Here you can see the GoFundMe page started on behalf of Ms. Benny's, a double amputee who survived a serious car crash two years ago that put her in a wheelchair. I want you to keep that GoFundMe up. Make a contribution if you are so moved. Let's put up a happy picture where she's smiling. Look at that beautiful smile. Although she is very grateful for the support from Sullivan's, the pub, this all took place. She is simply not interested in receiving any money related to the matter. She said, I swear I really don't want to keep a cent of the donated money. I'd much rather give it. To those who need it. In a statement. Released last week through the NHL's Flyers, 23-year-old Briere apologized saying, and I quote, I am deeply sorry for my behavior on Saturday, he said. There is no excuse for my actions, and I will do whatever I can do to make up for this serious lack of judgment. Mercyhurst previously released a statement saying the actions displayed in the video 
fall short of the school's belief in the integrity and the inherent, excuse me, dignity of each person. Adding the school's tradition also reminds us that students and all people who make poor choices deserve opportunities to learn, change behaviors, and atone for harmful actions. Carson Briere previously was dismissed from Arizona State's hockey club in 2019 for what the school called a violation of team rules. The two student athletes have been suspended while the school investigates. According to the Associated Press, both are scheduled to appear in court on May 22nd. Let me say this, somebody failed you. Mm. Now it's probably your parent, that's just me reading the tea leaves. But somebody definitely failed you. For you to have such disdain and indifference to do something like that while you're having a good time. I mean, damn, was the chair messing with you? Were you upset at individuals who have to use it? You do know that they need that in order to move, transport themselves. And you, for all your damn privilege, faculties in order, mind in order, rich father, prestigious institution. And you want to throw down a wheelchair that somebody's using? You really need some help, in my humble opinion. And individuals who continue to allow both of you to do these things without penalty, they are not helping you. They are enabling you. Now, right now, you are young enough to overcome the mistakes of your youth. That will not be the case very soon. All right, thoughts dear brother. I'm so glad you added, hopefully this young man can escape the mistakes of his youth. And for anyone out there who might say something like, "Oh, well he was being young and dumb. No, 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 because that dis- disregards the people who are actually young and smart. For instance, the, the, uh, the dichotomy being presented right now. Sydney is young and she's not even going to try to accept the GoFundMe yeah. money, she'd rather donate it. So we're not gonna blame this on his youth, but I will say this. Again, hopefully he turns things around. Hopefully this is a wake up call for him. I'm glad that he did not make any excuses in his apology and he said as much. So hopefully this is the beginning of something new and better for this kid. But man, when you got privilege, makes me question if that's gonna happen. Yeah, all right, we got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of these amazing comments. Um, Some were pressed for time, so don't have a plethora, but we do have a few. All right. Okay, Uh, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael, as always. I'm glad I'm a teacher, a teacher and not a police officer. I couldn't imagine seeing a coworker doing something so egregious and being afraid to say something due to fear of retaliation. You know, it is interesting. We've reported on one time when a cop arrested a cop on Indisputable. And do you know when that was? It was when a white male officer went to the restroom 
on a training facility campus for cops and saw a black officer pull out a lot of cash inside of the restroom. When the black officer gets out of the restroom, he proceeds to arrest him, book him for mm-hmm. having too much money in his pocket. That happened, you can find it on wow. YouTube right now. That's the only time we've reported on a cop arresting a cop in real time. Naturally, all charges were dropped. The man did not have any illegal actions happening with him. Uh, and he had a perfectly uh, decent explanation. Um, there was a transfer of money and he had it in his pocket. All right, also uh, Twitch, court for jester. Um, if you can't get handcuffs on a man with four cops without doing all that, uh, you need to quit being a cop because you suck at your job. It's about right, yeah. All right, I got an update, cops paint swastika on a man's car. The city has to pay $750,000 for the insane actions of these officers. Let's put up the pictures full mass. When Kylie Swain's Hyundai had been taken to a Torrance, California tow yard in 2020 after Torrance officers arrested Swain on suspicion of mail theft. Mail theft, uh, by the way, it was dismissed. The car was trashed on the inside when Swain and his father retrieved it from the tow yard. The seats were covered with cereal and protein powder. On the front seat was a white smiley face drawn with spray paint. And on the rear seat, someone has spray painted a swastika. Swain drove home in the trashed car and the towing company paid him $2,250 for the damage. Torrance police officers allegedly told Swain, who is part Jewish by the way, that the tow yard accepted responsibility for the vandalism. But Swain's lawsuit, which he filed in January 2022, alleged that the department had in fact concealed that the two officers who'd arrested Swain, Cody Weldon and Christopher Tomsick, were the vandals who had painted the hateful symbol inside Swain's car on the night of his arrest. Let's put up Christopher Tomsick. So we were able to confirm this photo. We could not confirm Cody Weldon. So I do not have a picture of him. We're still waiting to get an official picture. They have an ongoing criminal case against them for the incident and both officers have pleaded not guilty so far. In August 2021, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office charged both of these cops in connection with the vandalism. Swain sued them and the city of Torrance five months later. Last month, The city settled with Swain for $750,000, his attorney announced on Thursday. Now remember, I have told you before, there is no one more effective at defunding the police than the police. This is another example of how efficient they are at defunding the police. You will not hear any right wing politician upset about the defunding of the police. You will not hear any pro cop organization. Be upset about the defunding of the police, the taking away of your taxpayer dollars in order to pay for a mistake 
or a criminal action or negligence committed by officers. Once again, there's more. Swain's lawsuit. Swain's lawsuit followed the investigation by the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office that first charged Weldon and Tomsic with vandalism to Swain's car and uncovered evidence of what the officer or the office described as alarmingly racist beliefs held by many officers within the Torrance Police Department. You don't say, you don't say. You see, the protocols are correct. The statutory language is appropriate. The policy is standard, but it doesn't matter when you have a culture that is corrupt. Remember, culture eats policy alive every day. It is no surprise that they found a cultural problem. There's more investigators looking into Swain's vandalism case, retrieved gigabytes of racist text messages, including jokes about black men being lynched and gassing Jewish people. Between at least a dozen Torrance police officers that dated back to 2018, the Los Angeles Times reported. Tom Sig and Weldon, who were fired in March 2020 when the investigation began, were among the officers who'd sent offensive messages. Now, here's what you're not hearing. Why aren't we hearing a report about all of the cops who engaged in racist language? Why are they not all fired? Mm. Because racism is tolerated and in some places celebrated within policing. Do you not believe the captain was aware that racist people work for him? Do you not think the chief is aware that racist cops are on the roster? These are the detectives. They are trained detectives. They don't get to be some savant genius one day at solving crime and being able to call it out and see it when it happens and people not being able to con them or pull something over on them. And then act as if they have no investigative problems whatsoever when it comes to other cops inside of their department. They were well aware of this issue. Jeff thoughts. So when the attorney said, I have been suing police officers for 39 years and I have never seen anything like this. It told me three things immediately. One, you can have a very long lucrative career and make it out of bad police culture. Two, I mean, how bad is this culture specifically? And three, that this attorney has never seen a swastika being spray painted in a car and that surprised this veteran attorney. But I want to go to this. The text that would be the text messages that were being passed around amongst the police officers featured several variations of the N-word and referred to detainees as I've heard a lot of racial slurs in my in my day. Uh, it's new to me. I don't even want to say it because I don't know what it means. My mom, yeah. my mom is watching now. My wife is gonna watch later. I don't want to say that, but that's how bad this culture is. And again, yeah. as you alluded to earlier. How come we haven't heard about multiple firings from these people? But you also gave the answer. We know why. That's right. That's right.
What are you gonna do to a 90 pound girl? I ain't gonna, but you're the one that started. You can't back your ass up, then you shouldn't do it. Right? Yeah, that's what I thought. What are you gonna do to a 90 pound girl? Don't start shit, you can't finish. That's what you should do. Learn your lesson. Learn Actions. to regulate your emotions. Actions regulate have consequences. What, regulate what? Your emotions. Actions. Actions have consequences. Actions have consequences. Because I'm sure they got rid of your ass. Actions have consequences. White trash. You That's are. you, not me, baby, because I ain't white. Think about it twice. Well, you're still trash. You're trash because you flip people off because you think you're all that in a bag of chips. If you want to flip me off, let's do it. Let's put the picture up full mass here. Sir, based on the size of your truck and the size of your brand, I'm going to conclude you are a Trump supporter, number one. Number two, you said something quite interesting when you got out of that uh, truck. We don't have rights, you proffered in a question. So you do have rights, um, just as she has rights. If Someone flip you off. That is within the context of rights. You approaching somebody aggressively as if you are going to physically assault them is not protected by the United States Constitution. And then you said actions have consequences. You're damn right. You are now, sir, internet famous. Actions have consequences. Uh, the poster of the video gave her account on the incident, said, and I quote, psychos in Denver. I was walking my dog and watched them cut someone off at a Broadway, at Broadway and Iliff. And they sped into the neighborhood. I was crossing the street with my dog and I had to jog to avoid them. So I flipped them off and this happened. Thank you to the people at the end. Intervening. There you go. Good Samaritans, we also call them anti cares whatever it is. Make sure you say something when you see something like this. All right, David, thoughts here. So I was at the mall, the local mall, I think it was yesterday actually, and I saw somebody in a pickup truck with a bumper sticker that I just did not like. And I had every sort of a temptation to sort of flip them off or to ask them about their bumper sticker. And then I saw that they were pushing a, a, a child in the in the in the in the you know stroller. And I was like, look, I don't want I don't want to bother. But the fact of the matter is, yes, we do have a right to be able to confront people and ask them about, you know, hey, why are you flying that flag or why do you have that offensive bumper sticker and I don't like it? And here's the middle finger. We can even do this to the police with all the videos we do on yeah. Rebel HQ a lot of times. Sometimes cops will not like it if you give them the middle finger and they pull you over and come up with something. But the fact is we have that is a protected constitutional right. And if somebody can't handle this, if they become so emotionally charged and so offended, then those people should not be leaving their homes. 
Don't go out in the street, don't go out on the sidewalk, stay in your little confines of your own little bubble and be angry. Because the fact of the matter is there are a lot of things that are gonna happen in society that you may not like and your ability to talk about them is what matters. If you can't yeah. talk about things and decide you need to resort to violence or threats, then there's something wrong with you. There you go. There's a right wing podcaster who has now called for the military to assassinate former President Barack Obama. Here it is. Get the military, whatever few are left that are gonna side with the people that are standing there holding candles and banging pots and pants and expressing the will of the people. That you military personnel and you people with guns and badges and law enforcement will succumb to the will of the people. And ultimately, we demand. We absolutely demand that the criminals, the criminals in this country, if you want them held accountable, the criminals are Barack Obama, Eric Holder, Susan Rice, all this entire criminal cabal that that came about as a result of the murder of John F. Kennedy. The people that perpetrated the murder of John F. Kennedy, rise up to that. Military, join us and put all of them up against the concrete wall, just like Ceausescu, and do what we must do to save not just our country, the entire world. You see, there's more. Let's put up the picture full mass. All right, so I'm going to give you some background. So right wing podcaster named Pete Santilli recently argued that the US military should assassinate former President Barack Obama along with black people who were part of his administration. After former President Donald Trump took to his truth social platform on March 18th to call for protesters, to call for protests against what he said will be his arrest on Tuesday, March 21st. Podcaster Pete Santilli, uh, he took the order seriously. So he called on members of the military to execute Obama. He also called for the deaths of former Attorney General Eric Holder and former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. According to federal law, it is illegal for someone to issue a threat against an acting president or his second in command. It is also illegal for someone to knowingly and willingly threaten to kill, kidnap, or inflict bodily harm upon a former president. Many on Twitter believed his remarks are provocative enough to have him arrested on federal charges, I agree. Such a position would not be unfamiliar to Santilli. He was sentenced in 2018 to time served and probation for his role in the 2016 Mueller National Wildlife Refuge occupation in Oregon. Santilli's involvement in that standoff between far right activists and federal law enforcement came two years after he was involved in the 2014 Bundy Ranch showdown, for which he also faced charges before they were dropped. Of course, Santilli isn't the only Republican against Trump's um, supposed arrest. House Republicans are also protesting Trump's indictment and possible arrest. Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Oversight and Administration Committees sent a letter to the Manhattan DA's office saying the indictment is rooted in baseless accusations. But there are two things happening here. Number one, the American government is well aware of this dangerous individual who so happens to have a podcast. Continuing to issue threats has actually delivered on some of those threats 
in his previous engagements. That's one thing. The other thing is this, the Congress, the Republicans in Congress, while they're sending letters to the Manhattan DA talking about this is a political prosecution. Please understand those same members of Congress are going to investigate the Manhattan DA, are going to look at funding of that particular DA's office from the federal government. They already want the man to testify under oath for misconduct. That is utilizing your political position in order to engage in what should be a legitimate investigation, but it is not. Gentlemen, it is not the Manhattan DA who's playing politics, it is you. All right, Jeff, thoughts here. Yeah, it's not lost on me that he's asking for the military and law enforcement to do what he deems to be pro-America, when in reality, it's very anti-American. And oh my gosh, so he's just gonna forget about the crimes of one former president and pretend like another former president is actually committing crimes. Ooh, boy, this is America right here. I mean, my word, they went crazy because Obama wore a tan shirt and asked for some brown mustard. And <laughs> all of a sudden, he's a criminal when the actual former president who has committed multiple crimes, ne never mind. Yeah, he's clearly racist and he's clearly signaling what America has either always been or has become. There you go. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few comments. Uh, very interesting. Sea Prince Reborn Dragon says he'd be in jail without his dad's status and money. Yeah, probably so. School teacher, professor, teaches the truth about race in America, historical context provided in an appropriate way. What happens? He gets fired. I told you this was going to happen. Let's put up the picture full mass. Governor Ron DeSatan is at the center of this. The devil is busy. Samuel Jokel, an English professor, has been fired for this week. Has been fired this week, excuse me, for continuing to teach racial justice as part of his curriculum. Jokel is the English professor at the private Christian Palm Beach Atlantic University who was fired after a parent's complaint led the dean and administration to investigate his teachings. He claims, however, that his practices were the norm. Professor Jokel noted that he has been teaching a racial justice unit in a course at the university for more than a decade. And the Palm Beach Post reported that he said he had not heard any concerns from administrators about it before. Let's go to the post. The professor later posted on Instagram, summarizing his feelings towards the administration and alluding to recourse he plans on taking. Professor Jokel also denoted the correlation between the rise in Florida's attack on education and its political atmosphere. Quote, they did this for a clear reason. My decision to teach and speak about racial justice. The timing of this is not a coincidence as we are dealing with an anti-woke crusade from Governor DeSantis and other far right politicians 
and activists. Now remember, is he teaching critical race theory? The man doesn't even know it. No, he's not teaching critical race theory. He's teaching racial justice. He's teaching true historical dynamics, context, nuance, truth, education. Remember, the entire goal of the anti-CRT legislation movement had nothing to do with critical race theory. It was never taught in K through 12 education. It had everything to do with what just happened. Teachers being either A, eliminated from the ranks of teaching for teaching the truth, or B, made afraid to do so. There's more, let's put them up, the firing comes. On the heels of a transformative period for Florida as Governor DeSantis positions himself for a possible national run. This is him pushing his modern anti-woke agenda. Policies in Florida are having a disastrous effect on teachers and students seeking a racially just, fair and informative education. Here are two recent policies doing substantial harm. DeSantis signed the Stop Woke Act into law last year, placing restrictions on certain conversations about race. In schools and businesses and banning the teaching of critical race theory and educational material that could make members of a certain race feel guilty. And they don't feel guilty by the way, they feel uncomfortable for past actions and members of their race committed. A federal judge in November blocked part of the law that prevented public college employees from discussing eight concepts related to race during teaching. DeSantis also decided in January to reject an advanced placement African American studies class from being taught in Florida schools in January. How is DeSantis going to position himself? Well, as the anti everything black candidate. All right, Jeff thoughts. Well, yeah, the professor or the teacher said that he didn't insert his personal views in what he was teaching. And so always with the CRT news, I wonder what was actually being taught. And news around the country would suggest this. Even if they were talking about US chattel slavery, for instance, and the teacher said, I find that to be bad, even though that's objective, they would still consider that to be a subjective thing that he's trying to instill in the kids as part of part of a point of view or maybe even indoctrination. So I would imagine he didn't do very much as far as teaching these kids anything beyond what we would expect or should be taught in history. But that's where we are, that's where they are in Florida. It's so ironic, dear brother, because the very notion of, let's say a PhD, a doctoral dissertation is the idea of opinion. Because that last chapter is a conclusion chapter. That conclusion chapter is based on your research, your meta analysis of the data and your grounded framework of comparative or comparing that qualitative or quantitative dynamic. You conclude based on opinion, all right? Informed opinion, but it is in fact your opinion based on data. Okay, I got a question for you. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Damn me, sir! I'm talking at you like an adult. No, you're not. You are not. You're talking like I'm a goddamn child. I'm 25 and I'll beat you. I never said you was a child. I never tried to. I did 40 
I'm from the east side. Okay, that's good for you. Whoa, whoa, east side, OG, triple OG, calm down, calm down, all right? Just calm down, OG, there's more. No, we're not doing that tonight. All right. I'm calling Susan and HR, sir. You, you're creating a hostile work environment for me. All right, put the pictures up full mass here. Somebody told me that actually that's him in the future on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, there's some videos you you know speak for themselves. What are your thoughts, man? So it's like a, a Terminator thing where right. the him from the future sends himself back, but That's apparently right. on, the, on the East Side they confront themselves and then periodically flip their hair back. East Side actually doesn't sound like that bad of a place, really. <laughs> right. Based off his behavior, it sounds like a vacation. But what do I know? Yeah, um, wow, that was a great way to end the show. So there you I, go. Let's me know that I should stay away from the East Side for the time being. That's right. Well, at least his East Side. <laughs> All right, dear brother, tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, you can check me out on Rebel HQ, a part of TYT every day of the week. And I also have a YouTube channel called We're Gonna Be All Right. Always a pleasure, dear brother. Thank you, my friend. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.